This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. 
Lowe's. Home to any budget. Home to any possibility. U.S. only. And how? Yeah, how do these? Sorry, go ahead, Josh. I, I was just wondering how we we are a Ravens focused podcast. How does these guys coming off the board really affect the uh, Ravens or the AFC North? Clearly, we we it was obvious with Joe Burrow to deal right with the uh, Bengals. But uh, a guy like Chase Young going to the Skins, does that have any impact on the Ravens? You know, in my opinion, no, because he was going to be gone in the first couple of picks anyway. So it wasn't really a matter of is that is his spot going to go to a quarterback? I guess you could start the run on quarterbacks a little earlier, but they're going to have time to make that up right now. The Lions have their pick in. It appears they've made it themselves. So good chance it's Okuda. Maybe Tua is, is slipping yet another spot, and, uh, and we'll see how that gets uh, dealt with here. But uh, I don't think Chase Young or really any of the guys that will go in about the first eight or nine picks really affect the Ravens too much, other than the Browns pick 10th. And the Ravens would probably not like to get the, have the Browns get a, uh, one of the players that they think would match up particularly well against the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I think these early picks, you know, what was going to happen was going to happen. I mean, however, whatever the order of those guys, you know, we didn't know that, but we knew the group of guys that were probably going to come off the board there. So it wasn't going to impact. And, and you have all the other picks later to kind of make up for that. So I think you're right. I think when you get around, probably around the Browns pick, maybe even a couple of picks before that, you might start to see things that could have some implications uh, for the Ravens in terms of the players that, that go off maybe right around seven, eight, nine. So Jeffrey Okuda is the guy, a cornerback from Ohio State, second straight Ohio State defensive player selected in this round. Tell us a little bit about him in terms of what he brings to the Lions. Just an, an overall, you know, if you if you had to, like, create, you know, a, a cornerback in Madden, you know, he's, he's like the all-around created player in terms of size, uh, in terms of athletic ability. I know he didn't run super fast at the combine, but fast enough, but a corner who can play press man who can play off coverage, who can play in zone, you know, guy that has production on the ball, right? He's not just, you know, a guy who's knocking the ball down. He's also got interceptions. Uh, tough guy who's physical in the run game, right? He'll get off the blocks. He'll come up and, and tackle in the run game. Just when, when you think about a first-round corner and what that player is supposed to look like in the NFL, that's what he looked like at Ohio State, you know? Now we'll see the transition to the NFL, but uh, that's what we saw in the field at Ohio State. 439-40, extremely strong for a cornerback with 20 bench reps. Uh, his, his vertical and broad jump are both very good, even for, for the defensive back class at 37.5 on the vertical and 10.7 on the broad. I, I really look at those as being important for pass rushers and defensive linemen in terms of get off. Uh, maybe you could make a case for those numbers being as important at the catch point. Uh, how do you look at vertical jump and broad jump for a, for a cornerback? Yeah, I think you hit on it. I think those are the areas where uh, it comes into play when you're at the catch point, obviously vertical jump, you know, can you go up and contest the ball? Um, you know, if it's going to be a jump ball, 50, 50 situation, uh, I think broad jump um, and vertical jump, but broad, broad jump to me, that goes to your explosion, um, your ability to change direction, right? So you see these guys in a back pedal, they have to quickly plant and then transition out of that and move either forward or left or right. Um, so I think you see some of that ability to, to, you know, really sink your weight and explode out of that opposite direction and then move quickly into a new direction. Now, so at six foot, and let's see, how, how tall is he? Uh, I hope I wasn't looking at the wrong guy here. I might have been looking at C.J. Henderson in terms of his 
uh, stats there. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Akuda ran a four three nine, but maybe four forty eight for Akuda. Okay. Sorry about that. Only eleven reps on the bench, but his verticals off the charts at forty one inches broad at eleven three. Sorry for getting those stats wrong. Six one two oh five, just a little bit north of the median height now for a corner, which has gone up consistently to right around six feet, and that includes slot corners. Uh, so the Ravens. I certainly think of them as having a group of aircraft carrier cornerbacks on the outside. Uh, but the rest of the NFL is getting that way too, in terms of having bigger guys playing on that outside. Yeah. And then you think about the guys that he's going to have to face. I know we're Raven centric, but think about the guys he's going to have to face in that division. Devontae Adams uh, used to be Stefan Diggs, but now it's just Adam Thielen out there in Minnesota. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, you, you want a guy who can be physical who can run, who can contest at the catch point, but who can also, you know, be a playmaker in terms of a ball haul, you know, taking the ball away. So I think he offers a little bit of everything uh, in, in, in terms of those attributes. Where does Akuda fit in terms of ball skills? I, I don't know the numbers. You can probably double check me on this. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like he had a, a super high interception count, but I think that he's always, in a position where he's making plays on the ball. So if he's not in a position to intercept it, he's typically knocking it down or he's tipping it in a way where a teammate gets an opportunity to intercept it. So I don't know that his individual interception numbers were that high, at least not what I remember from watching it. Right. He, three interceptions and only two touchdowns allowed in his college career. According to PFF last year, a passer rating of 45.3 against him. By the way, highly recommend the PFF draft guide to folks. A lot of information that's of a different type. And don't all, don't just go by their draft scouting report. Look at other scouting reports and look at film, damn it. But the PFF guide really provides a lot of baseline information for people. And I, I like it from bringing together pieces of information like that. Yeah, there's 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 so many good things out there now. PFF, their guide is really good. Sports Information Solutions, they do a, a, a rookie handbook, which is really good. Um, you know, there, there's guys that I think are more film-based, like Dane Brugler, uh, mm-hmm. who puts out a draft guy I get every year. Matt Waldman, if you're kind of in the fantasy football community, but Matt kind of straddles the line between fantasy and real football because he evaluates it through the lens of fantasy, but he evaluates real football traits and real football situations. So... Uh, there's a lot of good information out there uh, for people who want to, you know, maybe get up to speed a little bit on these prospects. Even now, like, don't think it's too late, you know, because the draft is happening. Now that you know where these guys are going, um, you know, you can read up on them and, and for your team, you know, really learn more about these players and, and, and what they should be able to bring to your team. How much do you look at RAS, R-A-S? And, and oh, yeah. Roth, Kent Lee Platt. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Kent's work. Uh, so, so you know, he, he puts together the relative athletic score. He's been doing it for a number of years now. And it's another piece of information. You know, it's another, it's another, another puzzle piece, another piece to the picture uh, where he really focuses on trying to build an athletic profile of guys. And now he's got, and I don't remember the year he actually started, but he's got a number of years now of data where you can do some comparisons. And I remember interacting with Kent uh, one time when I first came across it on Twitter, and I was complaining about the Ravens, like, oh, they need to get more athletic. The Ravens never take athletic players. He's like, what are you talking about? I can show you the RAS scores for their last couple of years. They always take athletic guys. I was like, oh. I Miles Boykin. <laughs> Off the charts with Miles Boykin last year. Yeah. So that that's how I got my first introduction to, to Kent and uh, really opened my eyes. This was, it was probably 2017. 
I think when 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 I I had that uh, that interaction with him, and I'm thinking, ah, they got to get more athletic. He's like, no, look, I can show you the wrath of these guys. So uh, another piece of information that I think is is helpful. Something might be happening here. The Giants down to a minute and forty. The trade has not been made. The pick is not in. So nothing has been nothing has been said about this. So could be some phone calls going uh, going on there to try and figure out what they'll do with that fourth pick. I'm sure they're listening to all comers at this point in terms of what they can get for it, particularly from Miami at number five. That's a team you can have a lot of discussion about that because it's only a one-pick difference. You know you'll probably get, get your guy if it's not a quarterback you want. And you, uh, you just have to argue them over the price at this point and really try and convince them there's other teams who want it. Giants pick is in. All right. Let's see who it is. Yeah, they they obviously uh, have a young quarterback uh, in their own right, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. So maybe they go after a tackle, you know, to, to to try to help protect him. Maybe it's a guy like Isaiah Simmons, you know, the the linebacker slash safety, you know, whichever way people people project them, you know, both ways uh, from Clemson, who who've been kind of mocked at him. So be interesting. Do you have Worfs as your top tackle? Uh I'm probably more of a Becton, maybe even Andrew Thomas guy. Okay. Uh, and not not that I I don't think Worth is a good player, but I think about him playing in that Iowa system, right, in a zone-based run system. And I think about him playing right tackle in college, right? And not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, it just it's a question that I ask myself that, if you're the guy, if you're the man, you know, on that offensive line, the top tackle on that offensive line, why aren't you on the left side? You know, uh, so there's a question I ask myself. Well, that's a legitimate question, especially. Now he played, I, and I should caveat that. He he did, they they did an, an interesting thing where they would sometimes move him in a game from one side to the other side. So uh, not not often, but, but they, so he has played on the left side, but he said that he moved uh, to the right side and stayed at the right side uh, for injury reasons. Uh, and, and, and that's why he, you know, huh. the player ahead of him got injured, and that's why he ended up staying there. So, um, you know, I've, obviously you, you, you defer to, to the player, but just just a question that I've had. But you go to his combine, extremely athletic, tested extremely well, big, powerful dude. Uh, so I, I don't think you could go wrong uh, picking him here. All right. Well, Giants apparently made the pick. So Dave Gettleman making his phone calls or whatever, but I assume that card – should be brought to the podium by Goodell at any moment now. And we do expect it to be a player, uh, certainly, that that is projected to go. So maybe it's Simmons. Maybe it's a tackle. Maybe it's uh, – There he is. Mel? Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman. They showed Joe Judge. Joe Judge was a very Spartan-looking existence there in, uh, Yes, <laughs> where he was at. I, I don't think that the the typical coach wants to conduct the draft where he's got all his pinball machines and whatnot set up, <laughs> you know, and all his no his Mac, no, no Machiavelli books, no Machiavelli books displayed. Yes. That, that well, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Andrew Thomas of Georgia is number four yeah. off the board. So it really looked like the Giants tried to trade that pick because I'm sure they would have had Andrew Thomas if they at number five if they traded it to Miami. Miami apparently wasn't biting. Yeah, they had plenty of time, you know, if that was their guy all along. So yeah, I definitely think there was there was some action happening behind the scenes there. But good player, uh, really good player, uh, left tackle at Georgia, uh, big dude, moves well. Um, 
really one of the games that caught my attention uh, was against LSU and seeing him match up against Chason a lot. And Chason threw about every move in the book at him, and he handled them all very well. So, um, you know, that was a really impressive matchup when you see two guys who are projected to be, you know, first-round type picks go against each other. Uh, and, and I would have to give Thomas the edge in that matchup. All right. Okay, great, great pick. Uh, we'll uh, right. we're excited. I was going to look at his athleticism. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, now that the Dolphins are on the clock, we all know they need a quarterback. This is where there's some drama where no one knows who's going to be taken as the second quarterback. Do you guys, who do you guys have or who would you take if you were the Dolphins? I think this is likely to, uh, from, from my bet, but Michael, do you see any difference from likely from that? No, all things being equal for me, like to a health, if, if there wasn't legitimate, legitimate health concerns, which we don't know, you know, from our perspective, how, how his hip is healed at this point. I, I definitely would take Tua over over Herbert or any of the other guys, even though there have been reports that, you know, the Miami, you know, personnel, you know, group is is split on Tua and Herbert. And, you know, take take those reports for what you will. But um, you know, apparently there's people in the building who who are big Tua fans and people in the building who are big Herbert fans. So uh we'll we'll see. Andrew Thomas, very well-rounded athletic profile here. The only thing he's a little light on is bench reps um, at 21 here. What was his uh, arm length? Arm length is 36 and an eighth. Okay, that could explain the low bench press reps. (laughs) (laughs) That could explain the low bench press reps. Typically, those longer arm guys don't, you know, the whole range of motion deal. It's hard to hard to move that bar when, when you've got that much distance. To, Should, to shouldn't they change the level of the bar to adjust for arm length? I mean, it would just seem it like, seems like it seems like yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I've noticed the same thing, particularly in the offensive line that keeps showing up in the 34 inch plus guys, but just how astoundingly rare that is. There's, I think there's two interior offensive linemen with arms over 34 inches mm-hmm. in, in the entire draft. So you're, you're really talking about, this is Jared Gaither length arms. I mean, these are yeah. astoundingly long for a man who's only six five. This really belongs to a basketball player who might be six nine or whatnot. But um, that arm length will serve him well once he learns how to use it and punch effectively, because he's going to dictate first contact even against the longest edge rushers. That's what really gave Chase on trouble in that matchup. That length, he was just able to get his hands on Chase on and really shut some of those moves down. Really, before Chase on could get them started, you know what I mean? It's just you're 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 you hear rushers talking about, all right, on my third step, you know, I'm going to try to try to work that move. Time he got to his third step, or you know, almost simultaneously as his, his foot hitting the ground. He had two hands on it. <laughs> you know, so you're trying to start that move and you're already got these hands on you and you have to counter, you know, very quickly uh, in that situation or have a plan for that happening. And it's hard to have a plan for that. You know, it's like, wait, this guy's not supposed to be able to touch me at this point where he's touching me. How is this happening? Um, so it can be frustrating. Three minutes to go on Miami's pick here. But if they do want to, uh, if he's their guy there at number five, you got to really credit them for not taking the bait and moving up at some point in these first three picks because every pick here just astoundingly valuable in terms of what potentially they could have been traded for. So to move from number five to number two, for example, might cost them a mid first round pick to do so. 
And it's it's exceptional that Miami was able to hold off and say, we don't think anybody else has taken him. And if we didn't get him, maybe we like Herbert just as much. Yeah, I mean, they really they really held their water, held their cards here on this one. And, you know, I know we'll probably hear about it as the night, go on, as the night goes on or maybe even the next couple of days, next coming days of teams who maybe made calls and tried to make moves up, um, you know, maybe ahead of Miami or maybe even what Miami may have tried to do. But regardless of whether they tried to do it or not, they they didn't do it. And it looks like, you know, the, the player that they want is, is going to be right there for them at their, at their original pick. How do you judge the Chargers in this game? Did they also be exceptional in terms of holding their water? Because, you know, pretty good chance I think the Chargers will end up maybe taking Herbert or maybe they end up with somebody else. I'm, I don't think they just have one need. But how do you how do you grade the Chargers at waiting through the fifth pick? Yeah, I'd say probably a, a similarly, you know, good job if um, – maybe they were a little close and um, if we're talking about quarterbacks if they were maybe a little bit closer on guys like Tua or Herbert you know if you were you know hands down on Tua maybe I'd critique it a little bit and say "Eh, it's probably worth trying to make that move up to get him if he was really your guy but if they were closer on those two and say you know we're, we're really comfortable going either way we just sit there and let whichever guy who's there come to us, then yeah, you know, you know, kudos to them for, for being able to do that. Well, the, the risk you, you take is at number four, because presumably if you find out by at least number three, you can try and trade up and get number four. That's but if you, if at number four, that trade is made and some other team, not the Dolphins, moves up, takes Tua, and then the Dolphins take Herbert because, hey, they had a pretty close valuation on those guys. The Chargers all of a sudden could be way down their list in terms of the quarterback they get. Now, now. So let's hear from some uh, from listeners out there in terms of uh, what's going on here. If you got more questions, tell us a little bit. Is it does the format look okay, Josh? I haven't taken a look to see how the thing looks on uh, in terms yeah. of video. Yeah, it's coming along good. Um, I got to play a fun game of typing in the draft pick's name and pulling up his highlight videos before he gets drafted and hoping that's the guy that they call. <laughs> so, so far I've been good and been able to get him up as soon as you announce it. Uh, but now is, I think, when it starts to get tricky. So we'll see how that goes. Um, again, uh, people are still focused on uh, the AFC North and Burroughs and wonders, how, is that really an upgrade for the Bengals versus when they had An- Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley? Is there is does it this one move make them suddenly a more competitive team? That's for you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. I think it does because I probably uh, I'll, I'll throw this caveat out there. I probably thought a little more highly of Andy Dalton as a quarterback than than a lot of people probably do, particularly as Ravens fans who you know. I mean, you you can look at the whole history and talk about the struggles in getting to the playoffs and not winning playoff games. But I always thought that Andy Dalton was a guy who was capable. He was going to keep you in the game, was going to be competitive, was going to make some plays. You know, now he also had the potential to, to, to you know, play that double agent role and, and, uh, and, and, and help the other team out too. But I thought he was a solid guy. I think Burrow is a level above that. I think he's a level above solid. I think he's a guy who can put a game on his shoulders and go out and win a game for you just in terms of – being able to process what defenses are throwing at him, get the ball out of his hands quick, do it with some accuracy, do it with some anticipation, give guys an opportunity to make plays after the catch, right, and not make them have to catch a bunch of jump balls. Not to say that Dalton did that. But um, 
that's one of the differences that I see between those two guys. All right. Uh, I would agree. I, I, I definitely, uh, while Dalton was surprisingly productive for a lot of his career, he never really had a lot of those high-end traits. Maybe mentally he was a little bit ahead of some other quarterbacks in terms of, of being able to process things. Maybe that was it. Um, but, I, you know, he obviously hasn't done too well. And some of that's a limited mobility question in the last couple of years with, with uh, not a particularly good offensive line in no. Cincinnati. All right. Well, we've got the pick in for the Dolphins. And as you said, it's Tua. Tagovailoa. And exciting uh, Tagovailoa. Sorry, Tagovailoa. I always mispronounce that. That's why I only went with one name. <laughs> Good choice. I was. It was suggested to me that I should do that last night by a very smart man. I can't remember who did that, but uh, but thank you, Michael. And and I'm sorry I didn't take your advice. <laughs> another uh, another you know interesting. Uh, Interesting in that this has gone pretty chalky, I would say, so far in terms of how the players have come off the board. Um, but but to Tula specifically, again, setting aside the hip because we just don't know. But if, but if it's healthy, uh, and even if it's not fully healthy right now, obviously they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Lost your audio, Michael. So, Ken, do you think is there quarterbacks I've seen uh, in the RPO game? All right, so we lost. Oh, hey, Josh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, we lost Michael. We lost whatever you were saying there. I think you were getting to the fact of is Tua ready to play this season? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so that that's an unknown, you know, right now. But the point that I made on that was that you know the Dolphins have Ryan Fitzpatrick, so if Tua isn't physically ready to play, you know, you have a guy who you know can can take snaps from under center and and keep you competitive and win some games. Uh, but if Tua is ready, you know, you get a guy who's very accurate, guy with a really good arm, guy who's really good in the RPO game. I mean, extremely good in the RPO, uh, in the run-pass option game in terms of making those decisions, right? Because that, that's it, accuracy is one part of it, but then making the decision to hand the ball off uh, or throw it uh, is, is, is probably the, the, the first fundamental part of that. He's really good at that. So uh, I think the Dolphins... Um, you know, if he's healthy enough to get him this year, they get a really, really good quarterback. Well, the fact that he's a left-handed quarterback and, and Steve Young comparisons are already being made in terms of career touchdown passes and whatnot. But we're seeing that highlight or one of the highlights of Steve Young running on the dirt at Candlestick Park, that infield dirt that's still left in there for the baseball season. And I can't get over how Steve Young is one of the most mobile quarterbacks of his day, and he handles like a freaking shopping cart on that dirt. And, and I know it's difficult to run on, but the difference between him and Jackson in terms of uh, of what there is as a as a running quarterback is remarkable. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different time in terms of mobility. Like you said, Back at that time, you know, this guy was, was you know, very elusive, you know, very elusive, you know, very good runner. But you compare him to what you see now, and it's like, I mean, you know, as well as, as anybody, as, as, as Ravens fans, we just haven't seen anything like him. You know, people talked about Michael Vick, and that's probably the closest thing. But he, he's, he's even in a, in a different, you know, category from Vick. We just, we just haven't seen somebody like this before. Right. Vic probably more raw speed. Uh, yeah. 
but uh, but uh, it, Jackson just at another level, almost at any player in NFL history in terms of reading leverage. He's up there with Barry Sanders and Gail Sayers are two that were suggested by Coach Evans. And they're the exact two I was thinking of when it was happening. So I didn't have two new ones. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, you don't have many. And, and, you know, Jackson starts with the advantage of having the ball in his hand. He doesn't have to be a running back who gets to gets to do that. He gets the extra read to decide if he wants to beat the guy. Yeah. And we were we were just talking about the, the young guns at QB in the AFC North. Think about the AFC East now. You've got, to, uh, you've got Josh Allen in Buffalo. You've got Sam Darnold with the Jets. Uh, you know, you got some young guns in that AFC East right now. And, and maybe the most important thing is you don't have Tom Brady anymore. Yeah, don't have Tom Brady. The Patriots may be, may be wanting to get Jordan Love tonight. Who knows? Uh, you know, he's someone who's been linked to them. Eason, is he a possibility going to the Patriots at some point? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who uh, I guess you can never say never. I'd be surprised uh, if it was, you know, in, certainly in the first round, maybe even a little bit in the second round, maybe. Uh, but, you know, quarterbacks obviously are going to go. So maybe I shouldn't be that surprised. But, yeah, you could see Love. You could see Eason. Um, I don't think Herbert – It's gonna. we'll see what happens right here. The Chargers pick is in. I don't, I don't know that Herbert's going to get that far down the board. But if he doesn't get picked here, then it's going to get interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a pick where I think is the first one that has some real impact on the Ravens. The Ravens definitely want Herbert to be selected here mm-hmm. to force a greater, faster acceleration of the run on quarterbacks that yeah. might end up with the Ravens, you know, trading a pick that includes Jordan Love, perhaps at twenty-eight. Yeah. Certainly a possibility. So, um, looking forward to this one. Lots of talking heads. It's just a, it's a, it's kind of a cool thing to see everybody's library around them and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I've been like trying to look at certain books. I think uh, Lewis Riddick there has a book by Jay Z. It's an interesting selection back there. So I like to try to you know look at, at what's going on back there in the background. Of course, Kurt's got his Super Bowl up there, Super Bowl trophy. So is Irvin, I think. I think he's got one back there. Okay, I think good news here for the Ravens. Justin Herbert of Oregon is the next selection. Uh, the run on quarterbacks is on. We can say officially with the third one taken off in six picks. And that has got to be a good thing with the, for the Ravens who are holding Lamar Jackson. So uh, that's one more very eligible player who drops to number 28. And we may see more yet uh, along these lines. Absolutely. Like you said, a very good thing. Uh, there's a couple, you know, maybe, maybe even only one, one or two more quarterbacks projected to be on that fringe sort of first round, early second round. Um, you know, sort of cut off. And, you know, if you want that guy, you're probably going to have to make a move to get him at this point. So that is, that is good news for the Ravens. So uh, is Jordan Love your next guy? I mean, there are other, other people in this draft who are, I don't know that they're great talent wise around the way. Jalen Hurts has been suggested as, as a more mobile guy or Jake Fromm. Uh, who's, who's on that list of quarterbacks that could go in the first couple of rounds? Yeah, for me, Justin, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jordan Love, get the name right. Jordan Love would be the next guy for me. Just from a physical talent standpoint, obviously, you know, you're going to hear about the year that he had in 2019 versus 2018, more turnovers uh, in 2019 than 2018. And that raised, you know, some questions about consistency and, and, you know, that gunslinger mentality. You know, he's got all these great physical traits, but can you, can you rein him in, um, you know, so uh, I like him from from the physical uh, uh, talent standpoint, and really, when you're 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 taking these guys, it's really what it's about, right? You're trying to 
All right, lost your audio again, yeah, Michael. We're, we're going to have to limit Michael to short comments. Okay, it does seem to happen in the middle of his comment, and then and then he, he, he yeah. can't finish it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good one. Um, uh, what I want to say here, I'd forgotten what I want to uh, the comment I want to make about this. Michael, do we have you back? I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry about the the, the internet connection here. I might I might be able to try a relocation here now as people are starting to go to bed in my house. I might be able to yeah. go to right. another place. Why don't we do that on our bio break, see if we can improve the situation. You know, okay. we, we talked about the AFC East and the AFC North as having young quarterbacks, but the entire AFC now yeah. is so young at the quarterback position with, you know, Mahomes and Herbert now in the West. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Raiders are doing tonight, but but they're a team who has been linked to new quarterbacks. So, uh you know, it's it, it could get very interesting, but the entire AFC you got Watson. Uh, who else is in the South? Uh, if you believe Gardner Minshew is the long term answer, <laughs> I was gonna. I did. I hesitated to throw his name out there. I'm like, yeah, he's he's young. It's true, he's young. But uh, yeah, I mean, you 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 hit the nail on the head. I mean, in in the AFC, I mean, it is a youth movement at the quarterback position, and the guys that we knew, all the names that we knew for all those years. Uh, are, are older. You talked about Big Ben now, and uh, or in some other cases are in other places. You know, with Brady. So, yeah, he's he's really the only one. I mean, you have Carr still around, but but Roethlisberger at 38 is really in a class of its own. I remember Joe Flacco a couple of years ago being up the podium and saying, you know, I think this is a time where I think I can play to 45. Yeah, and and you know, Brady, it seems to be happening, and uh, uh, boy, others. I just I think they're going to find a, a fairly quick drop off here with uh, with the changes that are going on. But uh, Roethlisberger will be very interesting for the Ravens to see because it's a it's a major effort for the Steelers, again, to get to get a first round pick, to get a quarterback to go. I don't think either of the guys they have right now are potential long term solutions. Rudolph, you know, the the montage moment for him was having the face mask taken off of him and then wobbling off the field. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be back in any meaningful way. No, I think, you know, Doug Hodges probably surprised some people with, you know, some of the things he was able to do, but I don't see him as the long-term answer there. So uh, you're right. It is going to be interesting to see what they do because, uh, you know, there, there are no guarantees that Ben is going to come back and be the same guy that he was. You know, No, there aren't any guarantees, and they pay, they're going to pay him a ton of money to do it because he's at – what, 35 million a year, roughly, in, in terms. So, I mean, the Ravens will pay more for Jackson, but they'll also get more. In the case of Roethlisberger, that's, you know, two top quality starters on defense or other places at important positions that you can't have because you've got Ben Roethlisberger's contract. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, hey, we're Raven centric. So, Get no shadow tears. Rocket Isle tears only, yes. Yep. All right. The Panthers have made the pick at number seven. Who are we expecting here? Is this maybe Isaiah Simmons or a tackle or what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say Isaiah Simmons. I didn't necessarily, I, I really thought he might've gone four to the Giants, but I, I certainly no gripe with the Giants taking a tackle with, like I said, with a young quarterback there, but uh, with Simmons still on the board, I, I think this could be it for him. Want to see what we have in terms of? It sure would be nice if these uh, TV broadcasts would go to commercial break b- 
before the pick comes in and not as soon as you say, they tell us the pick is in, then go to a nice long commercial break. Yeah, they're not they're not giving them a lot of time, I don't think, to do this. So, you know, I'll, I'll come out on behalf of the networks and say it's a, it's a difficult thing to do that. Oh, well, yeah. Cause... Sure, the whole thing's difficult, but it is, what, an hour and we've had six picks? So <laughs> it's it setting really up for a up. long night. I hope the pace yeah. will pick up. Yeah, I was going to say, if the pace doesn't pick up, you're right. And we haven't had any trades yet. So, you know, maybe there's probably been some conversation, but, you know, no no actual trades. And so, you know, that, that could affect the pacing, you know, as well if that starts to happen. Simmons, an, an absurd athlete at 6'4", 238 to run a 43940. Uh, just <laughs> – <laughs> uh, just ridiculous in terms of the entire size, speed, explosiveness combo. Vertical jump of 39 inches, which is not quite what Len Bias would do, but is extraordinary. And a broad jump of 11 feet, uh, also outstanding. Uh, boy, certainly is a player, and he's the linebacker that that I would have loved for the Ravens to get in the first round, even if it meant giving away the, uh, the green dot, because he's certainly going to be a player that will be on there for every down they can possibly have him on. Yeah, and with all of that athleticism, there's there's a legitimate conversation to be have about him playing safety. And I know it seems ridiculous, but uh, a guy who I really respect, uh, Matt Bowen, played in the league, played safety in the league for a number of years. Uh, now does the NFL, you know, edge matchup show with Greg Cosell. He has him ranked as his top safety. So uh, you know, there's at least some people who who've you know certainly got more experience than me. Uh, who think there's a legitimate possibility he could be he could play safety in there? Would would he help you more? Some of his traits would he help you more with his speed and ability to diagnose on the back end, or is he going to be something somebody who can understand what's going on behind him already, such that he can get in the lane and with his height create more problems for the quarterback? Yeah, he, he's so even for those people who think he can he can be a safety. To me, he's a guy who. Um, you know, you see it in some of these college defenses, right? They call him a rover. Oh where kind of like a yeah, yeah. He's like a hybrid safety linebacker. They they can play back, they can play up, they can do you know they can play outside and rush. They can do all these different things. I, I think that's how I'd want to see him. Okay, mild surprise here. Derek Brown of Auburn is the pick. You know, huh? certainly a great player. Somebody who's going to be picked in the top ten. I guess he won't end up in Cleveland. Now I'm concerned Isaiah Simmons might. And. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's we're down to the eighth pick. Arizona's on the clock here. Cleveland picks two from now, and you got to wonder if they might be on the phone right now trying to move up and get Isaiah Simmons. They've had a lot of problems at inside linebacker uh, the last few years. Joe Schobert uh, has been okay. Uh, they've had, let's see, they got a really kind of lousy performance over his period there from the guy they got from New England, and I'm forgetting his name right now. Linebacker for the for the Browns played originally in New England. Collins, Jamie Collins, Jamie Collins. Yep. Yeah, you talked you you you've talked before about how the teams in the division, at least from the defensive standpoint, uh, you know, will will we'll probably have their picks pretty heavily influenced by how to defend the Ravens and Lamar Jackson specifically. Uh, and you talk about trying to match up uh, with a guy like Lamar Simmons. Uh, you know, probably gives you one of the better chances to do that. Yeah, there's a, it certainly has got to be considered a risk at this point. The 
the uh, Arizona is letting the clock run down under three minutes. So you, you got to think they're probably waiting as most teams do to, to, to try and get a trade made. We really expected lots of trades tonight. You know, there, there, there certainly was lots of rumored trade activity, but you know, Miami holding their water, the, the chargers holding their water, not making a trade has, has cut this down. So I've got this nice spreadsheet ready to go. And thanks to Dan Rees for giving me this to, to value trades relative to the JJ chart. And so we'll be able to do that hopefully quickly when it happens, but uh, nothing to do so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been relatively chalky, relatively quiet. And, uh, you know, I thought about that. I, I kept thinking about, you know, the analysts all pointing to the depth of this draft and, you know, second and third round is, is really the meat of it, even into the fourth. And I started thinking, well, well, why would you make a lot of trades to move up if there's this great depth? You know, why wouldn't you just sit back? you know, and kind of just let it unfold. Maybe you miss out on your top guy, but if there's so much depth, maybe you get another guy right after him who, you know, you're you're almost as comfortable with. Okay, the Cardinals pick is in now, so at least they didn't trade it to the Browns here. That's good news for Ravens fans. And we'll see who it'll be. What's What's your wager here in terms of who the Cardinals might need or want at this eighth selection? Well, what I want for them, because I'm a Kyler Murray fan, is a tackle. Uh, so <laughs> I'd be I'd be good with any of the tackles uh, that are that are still on the board there to to you know protect uh, Kyler Murray because I I think he's got a got an opportunity to 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 be even better. I mean I think he had a a, a good rookie season. You know obviously they they add um, DeAndre Hopkins to their wide receiving core. If you can give him some protection in there, you know they have Kenyon Drake. Uh, who they they trade for uh, from Miami last year, and so now he's he's back there in the backfield. They've got some uh, some some players on offense, and and you know it's, it's all going to come down to protection, you know, for Kyler Murray. So that that's the direction I'd I'd want to see them go. All right, so I guess could be C.D. Lamb, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe they you know there's there's certainly been reports about C.D. Lamb. Uh, you think about that wide receiving core. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald still there, DeAndre Hopkins. You bring in a guy like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. Uh, obviously, Kingsbury wants to be in those four wide receiver sets, so that could that could be you know, pretty. Look at that. Yeah, uh, the most extreme cool. ten personnel team in the entire league are the Arizona Cardinals, but they take Isaiah Simmons off the board, outside linebacker from Clemson, going to the NFC. We know the Browns are getting a good player, and then we know they'll have a choice of wide receivers among the big three anyway. At least they'll have one of them available. So now they'll have two of them available at a minimum. I think it's good news that Isaiah Simmons is off the board. I actually think the Browns are now more likely to take an offensive tackle given the trouble yeah. they've had there. Yep, I'd agree with that. I think they definitely want to address that position since Simmons is off the board. I mean, this this seems like a best player available pick for the Cardinals taking Simmons at number eight. Because again, like I said, I think they need to to address the protection there for Murray. But with Simmons sitting on the board, uh, you know, you, you, I'm not even going to bring it up because I know it's still a sore memory for you. But when you have a good player on the board like that, don't pass that guy up, you know, take that guy. Yeah, I was, was going to say for every time I say Derwin James tonight, <laughs> you know, people are going to have to drink. <laughs> it's probably a good idea you, anyway if you're watching us on this. See, you did it. You did it. I wasn't going to mention the name. <laughs> All right. So we have the Jacksonville on the clock now with six and a half minutes to go. Jacksonville with a um, 
you know, a needed quarterback. I think folks would say they have another pick later in the first round. Don't they? They're at number 20 as well. I believe they do. Okay, let me confirm that. Yeah, they have number number nine and number twenty. So they were one of the teams that could have moved up uh, potentially to get maybe even the second or the third overall pick, say to to get two if they wanted him. They didn't do it. Um, but it's it's certainly if they let's say they want Jordan Love, do you take him here at number nine or do you take a chance and try and wait him out and get him at number twenty where he's more right valued? I probably try to wait it out if it's me. Um, I don't have the list up in front of me right now of the teams after that, so I can't rattle it off the top of my head, but I'll probably look at that and try to think about, okay, well, who, who's likely or, or would, would be in need of a quarterback? We, we got a moment here, so let me just rattle through those teams. You also seem to have lost your audio again. So the Jets at number – well, okay, we have Cleveland at number 10, the Jets at number 11, Las Vegas at number 12 with Derek Carr still at quarterback, San Francisco at number 13 with probably taking a wide receiver, at least by many accounts. Tampa Bay at number 14 doesn't look to be looking for a uh, quarterback. What about Denver at number 15 trying to find another quarterback? Possibility maybe. Atlanta at number 16 has a an older guy, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, still around. Dallas at number 17 is set. Miami now is set at number 18, although they could trade the pick. Las Vegas again at number 19. So you have to get back by the Raiders twice if you want to get love in your Jacksonville and hope they don't take him. Uh, but there are definitely a few teams in there who would, who would do it. And I think there's other teams who would trade the pick in a heartbeat to, to get more value. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that after this pick here, it's going to be interesting to see if somebody tries to make that move and come up, which like you said, if they do that, that, uh, you know, uh, could, could bode well uh, for the Ravens. You'd like to see it happen a little bit later uh, if, if that's what's going to happen. But, um, I'd kind of like to see it happen right now because then I think there's even the possibility you get another quarterback into the first round somehow. Teams start to get desperate. You know, it, it's just it's possible that they end up with another quarterback in that first round, this first round, I guess. What about a guy like C.J. Henderson? Uh, for in some the corner, for, right? For some for the Jags for some depth after they. Didn't they make some trades and get rid of some guys? They did. They traded season? Jalen Ramsey. Exactly. I, I paid attention a little bit about down here. I've I've heard a little talk about what guys, uh, what the Jags fans are look are excited about. So C.J. Henderson, I actually read off his combine measurables earlier, but I'll do it again because they're they're exceptional. Uh, I think it was a four thirty nine forty, so it was. Let's go back to it for a moment here. Yeah, 439.40, uh, 37 and a half inch vertical, 10, 10, 7 on the broad and 20 reps, which is really outstanding for a corner. So uh, he's, he's six feet, which is right in the mean height uh, for a corner. So if he's being discussed in Jacksonville as the, as the pick to make it number nine, I don't think that's an unreasonable one at all. Looks like Jacksonville did make the pick. They did not trade it yet again. Michael, you back with us? Michael is not back with us. He appears to still be frozen. I don't really listen to uh, sports talk down here, but I have heard a few fans talking about the possibilities of C.J. Henderson uh, joining okay. joining the team. So, all right, why don't we why don't we say this after the tenth pick is made? And I'd like people to make this within this. If you're listening to the podcast, 
send by Twitter and with the, with the hashtag film study mailbag, who you think the Ravens will get at 28. So you've seen a lot of things happening. You've seen a lot of this trending occurring. Who do you think will be the Ravens guy at number 28 based on the first 10 picks? And we'll do it again after number 20. All right. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be some big changes um, between there. Yeah, cert- certainly, uh, certainly could be. And some players who might have been the 24th or 25th best player, well, maybe they're available to the Ravens now at 28. Right. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that works out. And, of out. course, it's the pick after this that uh, all Raven fans are watching for. Very much so, with the Browns up at 10. Michael, we back here? I'm back. I'm back. I don't know what's happening over here, but I got kicked completely out on my end. Okay. Well, fortunately, it works to just rejoin the call and, and whatnot, and hopefully we get you to a better spot a little later in the I'm, night before the Ravens pick. I'm sure DaCosta's having the same problem tonight. As <laughs> long as he doesn't have it when it's time to pick. Sure. As long as he doesn't have it with his phone, too. Yeah. Okay. Jacksonville's made the pick. So still no trades through nine selections. And the fewest trades in recent years has been two trades. Uh, but they've been between two and eight for the last decade of trades in the first round. And so to have none so far is a little bit of an upset. And certainly, given the players available, the quarterbacks we thought might see some action, very surprising that there have not been any trades yet. Yeah, I, I, you know, you get sucked into this thing where you look at these mock drafts. I, you know, I, I do it and, and did it again this year. And you see people projecting all these trades. And even if you just look at past drafts, All right, still having right. trouble hearing Michael. Yep, I can see him gesticulating with his head, but I can't hear him. Right. Hopefully, we'll we'll come back here with the pick, be able to announce that, talk a little bit about the guy, and we'll get Michael's take when he when he's back and uh, and in the clear here. Now, I've been noticing how the host on NFL Network looks a lot like John Slattery. And that's- and I, I, now you're using a reference I don't know. I okay, don't, John Slattery was he, he was on Mad Men. He's been he's an actor. He's been on other things gotcha. too. Gotcha. I, I haven't had the sound on. I guess there's a small chance it is John Slattery, but I don't think it is. I think it's somebody else. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure John Slattery's not doing anything else but sitting in his house, so he could probably come <laughs> on and host this if they would like him to. Here's the pick. C.J. Henderson goes to Jacksonville. So Josh, right on top of it, uh, very athletic corner and uh, nice size, uh, average arm length at 31 and 5 eighths for a corner. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I think we've got a, a Jacksonville Jaguars insider there in Josh, uh, number one. And then, uh... <laughs> That'll be the only thing I get right tonight. <laughs> But then with, with the player, with, with, with C.J. Henderson, um, you know, there were there was some group of, of analysts. Lots of trouble with Michael tonight. Yeah, you're cutting out again, Michael. Yeah. Um, so we'll just continue on. I'm sorry about this, but uh, we, we have to get you to a better spot in your house. Uh, we have a, the Browns pick is, is now in, so they wow. presumably will announce it fairly quickly here. Uh, 
The Jets are now on the clock. The Browns are. All right. So the Browns be announced. The Browns are not even giving me time to get these graphics ready. All right. Do the best you can. No, I'm, I'm all good. Are we, Michael, would it be a fair, and we'll want a short answer on this. Your, your audio doesn't cut out on us. Would it be fair to assume the Browns are a fairly good chance to take an offensive tackle here, or do you think they might go for one of the big wide receivers? Offensive tackle. All right. I'm in agreement. And uh, that, surprisingly, all the three wide receivers made it out of the top ten. I don't see any of them lasting to number 20, but it, but the the – uh, Twitterites who are out there and, and want the Ravens to draft a wide receiver basically with every pick okay. will be all wanting the Ravens to trade up and draft one of those three guys, no doubt. Yeah, that was something I saw discussed a lot. Like if if these what the top three wide receivers fail to a certain point, what what's the point in the draft to try to move up and get one of those guys? All right. Well, CJ Henderson's dad, I assume, looks a lot happier than CJ even. <laughs> And not having to go far, right? So that that seemed like a good thing, like a positive, right? In terms of geographic location. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, anything else about Henderson that you want to say, Michael, while in, uh, you know, that we can hopefully get in fairly quick? Very twitched up athletic corner little inconsistent in terms of his technique, but uh, in terms of just raw athleticism that you want to see at the cornerback position, uh, probably even higher higher marks uh, than Okuda for him, uh, just in terms of, of athletic ability at corner. Okay, 15 penalties the last two seasons combined. Little grabby. Coleman. Little grabby. <laughs> that uh, that'll play interestingly at the at the NFL level. Is he an extreme press corner? I did not know that to be true, but it well could be true at, at Michigan that he was playing. Uh, I'm sorry, not Michigan, that he was – I have the wrong guy anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah. If you were uh, Henderson, he was at Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he played a fair amount of press, but he played a fair amount of off too. You don't see a ton of press in general uh, in, in college. You, you might be more of it in the SEC than you see in other places, but uh, you still see a fair amount of off. So, yeah, I think that the things where him were just the highs were really high. But then there were more lows than you would expect for a guy with his athletic profile, and that that's what you're really you know wondering is is can you get him with a coach that can put it all together consistently? All right, the Browns pick is in. They've taken Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, tell us what the Ravens' pass rushers are now facing, Michael. Very good tackle, uh, athletic guy. Played right tackle uh, this last season at at Alabama. Uh, going into the season, uh, the left tackle, uh, I think his name is Alex Leatherwood, was a guy who was getting a lot of hype. But once the season started, Wills clearly emerged as the better guy uh, in terms of the tackle. So uh, good feet, good move. I'm going to try and lip read here and see if I can uh. hear what Michael is saying. But uh, Wills is a guy with 34 and a quarter inch arms. Uh, definitely has some very positive explosiveness characteristics for an offensive tackle. Uh, 10-inch hands are huge. That always helps to for an offensive lineman in particular to grab onto both armpits of that opposing player and you torque him in the way you would like rather than him trying to dictate first contract onto your shoulder or onto your side to try and get you a scoop. What do you have to say about that, Michael? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, grip strength. 
big, big thing for offensive linemen. I mean, we talked about length when we talked about Andrew Thomas's arms earlier, but grip strength in terms of being able to uh, get hold of a guy and not let him go, uh, you know, once you're able to make contact with him is very important. And like you said, to your point, be able to control him and steer him where you want him to go. All right. Hey, Michael, I turned your camera off for a little bit just to try to stabilize your audio. Yeah, I saw that. Is it? Let, let me know if that's working out any better. Yeah, as long as I just want to – audio is more important than us trying to read your lips. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather I will hear say, what you have to say. Michael's probably the best looking of the three of us, so uh, <laughs> we've definitely taken a step down here. So we apologize for that, Michael. No, you don't. You definitely don't need to see me and, and, and barely need to hear me. But let's let's take the audio of the two. All right. All right. So New York Jets on the clock with four and a half to go. If the draft is going to commercial here, Josh, I'd kind of like to take a quick bio break personally. Uh, see if we can. Yeah, we got uh, just got five minutes. We can take a break right here. All so, right. Uh, let's do it. We'll be right back. See all if right. we can get you moved, Michael, too. That's I'm on. I'm on the go. Here I go. <laughs> Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.